0: Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world of Avatar. I'm Andre.
1: And I'm Kayla.
0: And today is our final recap of F.C. FCE's The Shadow of Kiyoshi, and we will be breaking down chapters 25 through the end to the epilogue. Just to let you guys know, there's a good chance we will be discussing spoilers for not only the previous novel, The Rise of Kiyoshi, but also for Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. However, you will be free from any spoilers regarding any Avatar Avatarverse comic books. Before we get started on that, Kayla, how are we doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well, things considered. You know, uh, just kind of keep rolling through the rest of the first half of the semester. You know, I'm just like, after going through all this, like, all these papers and discussion board posts and crap, like, oh, you know what, I'm halfway done this class. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I have to do this all again after eight weeks. I have, because, like, like, my classes are split into eight weeks for grad school. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I get to be done with these two classes. And I started all over again. Yeah. (laughs) But at least I'll be done with these two classes and on to the next set of that. <laughs> but I'm doing pretty well. How about you?
0: Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, it's almost, well, I was going to say it's almost October. It's not really. But as you can tell, patrons, I'm in full spoopy season. Oh, yes. Spoopy season is in effect. Um, I've been watching halloween
1: movies so we're we're in full spooky season here too. <laughs>
0: Do you li- I I heard you liked my um ghouls gaze and days playlist on Spotify. I
1: love the ghoul's gaze and days Spotify playlist. It is fantastic. I play you know when I'm driving to work or if I'm in like if I'm in the gym and just get a little spooky mood. I love
0: it. Yeah. Mm. It's a good it's a good mix of of like good like Pop modern music with like the classic Halloween. So plenty yeah. of
1: Kim Petrus on there.
0: Plenty mm-hmm. of Kim Petrus. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, let's move on to the news. We got one tiny bit of news that I thought was uh, worth uh, talking about. Um, so, Brian Konitzko, who, if you don't know, is the co creator of Avatar, uh, was a guest speaker on a virtual panel hosted by Rise Up Animation. And you can watch this entire panel on YouTube. It's, ca- it's called The Art of Pitching uh, with Brian Konitzko uh and during this two-hour panel brian hinted at the timeline we can expect for future avatar content um he says and i quote mike and i were building an awesome team very slowly at avatar studios a small team but we're working our way up it'll be years before that stuff's out but so excited to share all that with everybody we've got a bunch of cool stuff in the works
1: I mean, I am not a fan of the years, but I will get, I, I get why it's going to take a while because we want good stuff to, you know, come. So I get it, but I'm also like, Ugh! you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm still super excited about this Avatar Studio stuff and what they could possibly do with it. Uh,
0: yeah me too. I think um the the year's thing kind of hints that we can expect more animation stuff because obviously that takes a long time. I mean so does so does live action, but animation it de- definitely takes a long time. yeah, um but yeah, so that's that's kind of something that happened this week. i uh, we are aware, or at least I am aware of some other developments about Avatar Studio stuff. However, it's not quite official just yet, so we're not gonna quite talk about it. Yeah. Um, we will be holding off for any official announcements on that because we don't wanna we don't wanna talk about something that like, you know, may or may not happen. So
1: Yeah, we don't want to have another incident with like the Netflix rumors and stuff yeah. that circulated for a while before any official news came out. We do not want to perpetuate that cycle yeah. of misinformation. <laughs> So over to podcast news, we have a shout out to our newest patron, Caitlin. They just joined us at the metal vendor level and will be enjoying access to our show notes, Zoom recordings, and monthly schedule. If you'd like to join them and receive a special shout out of your own, go head over to patreon.com slash the avatar hour podcast. We have $1, $3, and $5 levels. So go ahead and check it out.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for, for subscribing, Caitlin. Welcome. All right, so let's get into it. We have three chapters so in an epilogue much. to get into. So, so let's just dive happened. right in. So how the much fuck, fuck are
1: they gonna resolve this? Let's find out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so chapter 25, Interlude: The Man from the Spirit World. So we pick up where we left off from our previous Yun interlude after he has just swallowed Father Glowworm. Um, after Yun checks himself to see if doing so has poisoned him or not, he begins to dig at the soil, trying to dig his way out of the spirit world. He eventually wakes up in the physical world and quickly realizes that he's dying of thirst. He makes his way to a nearby village in search of some water and is stopped by a soldier guarding the governor's well. Yun attempts to bribe the guard with money before realizing he no longer is the owner to the Avatar's fortune. He carries on to a tea house and Yun overhears someone talking about how uh, the Avatar saved him from the pirate queen Tagaka um, to which Yun is like, all right, this is my chance. So he comes in, implores them for some water and he reveals that he is the one that saved the man from the Pirate Queen. So, still skeptical, the owner fills a pot of water and places it across the room, saying that if he is who he says he is, he should be able to bend the water over with no problem. It's at this point where Yun's demeanor completely changes, and he starts thinking about how he used to care for these people, how he he, he always wanted them to prosper and thrive. And even then, they just couldn't give him a, like a single solitary drink of water. So, everyone in the tea house starts realizing like the situation's getting very volatile. The owner of the tea house attempts to flee, but not before Yun slashes the back of their legs with earth bending and then we smash cut to Yun drinking water from the well. The guard who refused him uh lay dead, lays dead at his feet as well as most of the town, and filled with new purpose he t- he heads off in pursuit of Jinju okay <laughs> so. <laughs> yikes
1: yeah dark turns some very dark twists and turns and violence happening in the next few chapters
0: yes there is a moment um as well where yun realizes that uh that he he knows where kiyoshi is and he's like wait how do i know that she's in this place right now and it's only until the end of the chapter where he he like kind of deduces that because you know kiyoshi is the avatar and is therefore avatar kurek that Kurik had some history with father glowworm so that connection is like kind of like you know solidified um but yeah i mean it, it it gets it gets very uh very dark very quickly and it it's kind of a i i like it because it's a good way to show how, how Yun is processing like the loss of his avatar hood, and mm-hmm. he's not processing it well. Clearly. Let's just say that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's yeah. Mm, mm. but I'm glad that we did get to see that because it's, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of like exactly how he we went from point A to point B with like his mental state. So we got little hints of it in the previous interlude, but, mm, man. Especially now that we know that he has been in control of his actions the entire time. It just makes this like even worse.
0: Um, but yeah, that's a quick little interlude. Let's move on to chapter 26, Home Again. This is a long one, so strap in. Mm. Kiyoshi strides through Yakoya, reliving her memories of being a servant. So we've come full circle where we started. This is where we're ending. Eventually, she finds the Avatar's mansion, uh, which is in a state of disrepair as no one has been tending to it. At the door, there's an arrangement of pebbles that read, I'm inside, and Kiyoshi makes her way to the mansion to find Yun sitting in the dining room with a teary Auntie Mui at his side. So again, another callback to the beginning of Rise of Kiyoshi, like the, the message of the pebbles and everything. Yes, you go so inside. you're just like, uh, you're like, oh, I see what's happening here. Okay, full circle for full circle. in pain. Um, pain. Full circle-ness <laughs> and pain. <laughs> um so upon seeing her auntie rushes to kiyoshi and hugs her joyful that she and yun are finally back together again and that you know they can they can bring the house together and they can bring people back and it can be flourishing as it always was
1: this kind of reminds me a little bit of an episode of the twilight zone where uh there's a point to this i swear where there's like basically this kid with godlike powers that basically controlled this entire town and everyone had to constantly be happy uh and be happy with all the decisions that this little kid made otherwise they would be killed um so this is the kind of vibe that i'm getting like wow what a wonderful day like that's something i I think a line from that episode so this is what's you know i'm feeling because like
0: that's interesting i didn't i didn't get the impression that that she was cheerful because she was like in danger i I just thought
1: i think she was scared
0: i just I, i thought she was she was just like I think Yun just gave her the impression that, oh, like me and Kyoshi are coming back, you know, because it was like, it's different from like when um him and Heiron were like, you know, playing the, the pie show, like right before he like stabs her in the neck. I think she was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, we're finally all back together again. I um, think she was
1: scared. I mean, especially because like all the vibes, the the, the vibes are rancid uh, around Yun. So, (laughs) like, (laughs) that's true.
0: He does, yeah, he does have that effect. People are
1: scared of him before they even talk to him because of just how unnatural he is right now. um, But do you think think, she was scared?
0: Do you think she would have like risked running to Kiyoshi if she thought that Yun was like, you know, threatening her? That was the only reason why I thought it wasn't that kind of I think, situation. I think she's
1: putting out the pretense of, "Oh, everything's wonderful. Oh my God, we have the whole family back together." I feel like it was just all trying to her trying to play it to play, it, you know, to calm him down to prevent anything like to prevent the situation from getting even scarier, you know.
0: Mm, interesting. So okay,
1: that's the that's the kind of vibe that I was getting from the situation.
0: Okay, um, so she asked Kiyoshi what she wants for dinner, and Kiyoshi sends her off in search of some stock nosed mushrooms for dinner. Um, knowing full well that she will not find them in Yukoya, so she's bought them some time, and now it's just her and Yun. Yun asks her what she's been doing these past few weeks, and Kiyoshi says that she's been learning to heal, and that her teacher says that she's the fastest study she's ever seen. Uh, Kiyoshi goes on to say that Zoryu's plan has worked, and that he can't be allowed to show his face again, or the stability of the Fire Nation would crumble. Yen says that he doesn't care about that and that he's also had some time to think about all the people who have wronged him and realizes that if he just follows the breadcrumb trail, he can find them and just kill them all because he knows the people. He knows the connections. He knows where they are. You know, why not? And it's at this point where I was like, I was like, I really, hmm, I was like a little bit concerned that it was going to be a repeat of rise of kiyoshi because remember i think i said back in rise of kiyoshi that i was i was expecting like a full on fight between jinju and kiyoshi and instead there was like this small it was a small like face to face encounter and it was like more of like uh like a mental emotional struggle than a physical one mm-hmm. and i liked it then but i was like oh no i really want them i really want like a a full on fight which we will get to but that's kind of like where i was at this point i was like oh oh i don't want i don't want i don't really want this to happen um but then uh kiyoshi says that he's not going anywhere and Yun replies and says that he doesn't want to fight her but that she's not leaving him much of a choice to which kiyoshi replies that she didn't say he had a choice so uh, any any thoughts before we get into this full battle royale kayla
1: Oh my God, just the tension that has been building since the beginning, since the end of the rise of Kyoshi, just like it's just been mounting and getting just bigger and bigger. And here it fucking is, folks. (laughs) Like, yeah. Here it is, guys.
0: (laughs) All right. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So. Um, Yun Earth bends a column of earth in the middle of the room and the two begin to fight, circling one another and sending projectiles at each other. It says at one point that Yun uh, attempts to mock her air bending footwork as she continues to circle him uh, before she sends the entire column barreling towards Yun, who disappears as the dust settles. Kiyoshi eventually follows him to the training courtyard and in an attempt to placate him, she tells Yun that it's time to let go of what happened. Yun is in shock, saying that she helped him kill Jinju and that she got what she wanted, so why can't he? She says that it didn't bring her peace and that whatever pain is left over, that he has to live with it. And this was a big moment for Kiyoshi as well. This is a big learning moment. And I think she came to this conclusion in like this month gap uh between like two chapters ago in this chapter, where she realized, I think she took Kurik's words to heart that she cannot. Move on until she lets go of the past and learn and finds a way to deal with the pain and the trauma from the past. You know, like this is a really big moment for her character. Absolutely. So then suddenly Yun makes a water bending move and Kyoshi is hit from behind. For a moment she wonders if Yun somehow learned water bending as did I, um. Before realizing that he's melted the earth and that Yun's earth bending skill was that he could treat his native element like water. So we kind of saw this in the fire nation where he like bends the pigment like the ink off the paintings um is it similar to here it's the way it's re- it's described I'm like is this lava bending is this like you know what do you what do you think Kayla
1: well i mean i think it's kind of honestly kind of feels like almost like that he's like turned the earth into mud almost with it um, and also it's kind of a way that how Korra, you know you see at one point when she's fighting kubira using metal bending, like you see her do a water bending move and liquefy the metal um yeah. so that's what I was thinking of when I was imagining this. Mm.
0: I only thought lava bending because it said he like heated the earth in the courtyard, so I was it like it could
1: be it could yeah, be yeah, I
0: don't know, but so yun circles Kiyoshi um who's encased in earth and it, she he's going around like taking away her fans and pretty much anything else that doesn't match his version of the kiyoshi he knew which is like a very very uh, lots of symbolism going on here um he points to the scar left on her neck uh from the beginning of the novel when the guy tries to use the garrote on her and he says this is from the book he says see this this is what i'm talking about you've suffered for the sake of duty avatar hood is a curse look how it's made you treat me your oldest truest friend and then Kiyoshi finds herself swelling with an unfamiliar emotion—pride. From the book, this is what it says: uh, Despite the opposition of man and spirits, this was the era of Kiyoshi. There would be no other. Damn. Yes, Snaps I love it
1: for that. Snaps.
0: <laughs> I love it and pride because gay. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> He's edited like he someone edited like the the ding from uh, Kiss Me More. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> So, she tells him that she chooses to wear the clothes, she chooses to, you know, uh, take on the duty of being the Avatar, and that she also has much truer friends than he- than him. Suddenly from above, a water whip lashes down and narrowly misses Yun, cracking the stone where he stands. From the roof of the courtyard, Karima and Wong descend upon Yun, the latter dust-stepping towards Kyoshi and freeing her from Yun's grasp. Can yes. we say... Yes. Was, was was I the <laughs> only one thinking Avengers Endgame at this moment? You texted was I... <laughs>
1: me that after I said that we finished like I finished the book. It's like, yeah, hey, we get endgame vibes from that. And I'm like, this is better. I think <laughs> this is better. <laughs> I was this is better because it's like, well, he's I mean, they 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 pull in like they you know, oh my god, everyone's showing up to fight. This is awesome. But they and and managed to actually do like the whole like, you know, the women coming together to defeat the big uh-huh. bad. Like they did it much better than Marvel. It's not pandering, it's just there. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's better than Ed Game.
0: <laughs> I loved it. it was, I I was I like I remember it. reading. I was like reading and I was like, oh okay, here we go, here we go. I love it. Mm-hmm. So we um, that
1: the Flying Opera Company would come back. So we got at least one uh, one of those predictions correct. <laughs>
0: correct, correct. So uh, the three of them attack Yun. Uh, he's dodging and and shielding himself with grace. And he says that their mist and dust stepping t- technique is cute. And asks if Rangi is here as well. And <laughs> <laughs> like <fucking so laughs> from above, uh the young firebender descends, slamming a fiery fist into the ground. All I can think of, did you see Black Widow? Yes. Are you are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> Why do you do that thing when the, you get down here? And yeah, that's what, all I was the thinking hair flip about. This is yeah. a poser. <laughs> um The superhero landing. <laughs> the superhero landing, yeah. And um and she says, Yes, I am, and I was like. Oh my god, I love mm. it. And um and not just Rongi, but also Jinpa is there hovering on Ying Yang, uh who is and apparently Kiyoshi after they left the Fire Nation, Kiyoshi sent Jinpa to retrieve all of her friends including Rongy. Um he couldn't get Lauga cuz he couldn't be trusted to show up at the best of times. Um but even so, the Flying Opera Company stood at stands at Kiyoshi's back and it says that she has never felt stronger. Ugh, I love, I love it. it. I love it So so, t- so yep, Team Kiyoshi is finally reunited. They unleash a fresh wave of bending at Yun. Rangi <laughs> at one point bends an enormous jet of fire that nearly turn from turns from yellow to white. Vengeance in her heart for what Yun did to her mother. I at one point thought that she was gonna lightning bend at him, and that Ooh. there was a, like a gap where she learned it at some point. But I I, I, I also way, love this as well. so awesome. From yellow to white, not <sighs> blue, white. white. Yeah. Um, Yun decides to level the playing field quite literally and he creates a controlled earthquake and he sends his opponents crashing down on each other um, uh, none of them able to stand. Jinpa attempts to rescue them but it is, but he is caught in the shoulder by one of jo- Yun's projectile earth spears um, at, at one point for a horrifying moment I thought like he was like trying to kill the bison and uh, well Ooh. I think he kind of was but I didn't want it to happen. Um, yeah. I, I would so, have, I, it
1: would have been like Apollo all over again, which is like, no! Yeah. <laughs> no! Uh-uh! Not cool. <laughs>
0: um. So, yep. And Yun incapacitates Wanga Karima by breaking their legs. Ooh, and it's down to weird. him, Rongi, and Kiyoshi. That was brutal. It says at one point, yeah, it is brutal. Um, It says at one point in the book that Yun has like cleared all the foreign elements and it's just left to the people who knew Yukoya the best, him, Rangi, and Kiyoshi. So again, full circle. Mm-hmm.
1: The
0: hmm Both of them uh, struggle to regain their footing as Yun bullies them with the training discs, caking them in white powder. Mm-hmm. In that moment, Rangi and Kiyoshi get the same idea. They take the blood from their wounds and mark themselves with the colors of the Flying Opera Company.
1: That was metal as fuck! <laughs> like...
0: I- is, yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was just like I had to take a minute and process that because I was like, oh my God, that is so fucking cool. They're just smearing the blood on their faces, just like yeah. war paint and like, oh
0: <laughs> Yeah, I love it. And I, there are many <sighs> moments in this chapter where I would kill to see it in animation, but I think this is they, one of them because like I can just imagine like the swelling music and and like them putting the the blood on their face. Ugh.
1: Honestly, I'm thinking like some of this stuff would not be able to work. Well, he's well, and again, streaming would make things a little different, you know, uh, if they were to do an adaptation of some of the Kiyoshi story, like, or, you know, the violence of it, I should say, like it, you know, I mean, they probably wouldn't be able to get that. I'm not sure how well, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Right. Because my like, oh man, they would never be able to do this on network television. But wait, it's probably going to be streaming. So what would they like? I don't. What could they do with that? You know?
0: I don't Sorry know because <laughs> I think we'll know once the live action series comes out and we can see, because remember when we talked about, we were like, it, are they, is the target audience younger? Is the target audience the people who grew up with Avatar? Is it going to be more like mature, maybe a little more violent? Like, because in the original show, they could barely show any blood, yeah. you know, the most that you'd see is like the the lightning uh, scar from yeah. From when Azula shoots down Aang, but like, and
1: then meanwhile, Korra has like you know murder suicide, but it cuts you know. <laughs> but even then, there's not that.
0: there's not a whole lot of blood in Korra either. So. You
1: watch someone slowly get suffocated to death, which again, no blood, but still, ooh man, ooh yeah. Uh, you know, could they.
0: I mean, like, I don't know. Could they could, could they get away with like people's legs being smashed between Earth? I don't know.
1: <laughs> like, I don't who? know.
0: I mean, we see soccer break his leg, but not in like a very violent way. So
1: I don't really know. Yeah, sorry, I had to comment on that real quick. I'm like, man, would they be able to pull any of this off if they were to adapt this to animation?
0: I, 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 I would hope that if a Kiyoshi uh, animated series was to be adapted from these books, that. I, I am perfectly fine with, with the level of violence and gore that's in the books. Oh, yeah. Which is honestly not a whole lot. It's not there's a lot. Just like a, there's just like a couple of moments that are like Whoa. not what we're used to in Avatar. But exactly. That was more
1: because so like i not used to a lot of gore or gross stuff. It was just like, wow, I'm, I'm not used to this from Avatar.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I would hope if they went ahead with an animated series that they wouldn't. Change a whole lot of that. There are ways to get around that, sure, but like for this like moment, it seems very, very pivotal. And you, you know, like I don't want an animated series of this moment where they they take out red paint from their pocket instead no, of use blood. God, you I know, like blood. <laughs> yeah. um Anyway,
1: sorry
0: I had to comment on that. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Um. So then Rangi is like, "Hey, do you remember that technique I was trying to?" Teach you after Governor Tae's invasion. Maybe now you should try it. So Kiyoshi ignites the soles of her feet with fire as she jet steps towards Yun, colliding with him. And finally, we've we've planted something on Yun because he's been dodging and shielding the whole time. So we finally, you know, caught him off guard. Kiyoshi sends a massive fireball at Yun, uh, which misses before Rongi redirects it from above and it hits Yun from behind. But then, once again, when the smoke and dust clears, Yun has disappeared. (laughs) Um, Rangi tries to warn Kiyoshi that he can tunnel before a yun appears behind Rangi and stabs her with an earth spear, Ooh. the same one he used on Heron. I would have... <laughs> Kiyoshi catches her, feeling herself to be on the verge of the Avatar state. Rangi says her name one last time, asking her to stay with her before lying still.
1: I was ready right to start screaming at that part. I'm like, are we going to get another fucking bury your gaze? Are we going to do that? I don't think he would do that to us. But still, you never know what these things Oh my god! I was having like flashbacks. flashbacks to Lexa from the One Hundred. Like I mm-hmm. was. This is what this is what bad representation does. You always think you're gonna run into the next like, <laughs> you know. <sighs> anyway,
0: it makes you paranoid. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I was I was thinking about it and. Um... I don't really know how I felt about it because on the one hand I was like, yeah, I, I obviously I don't want Wrongy to die. But like from a representation aspect, I'm like I don't know, I feel like the bury your gaze thing hits especially bad when the representation before it also kind of sucks. But because yeah. this representation has been really great in that it feels like any other romantic relationship like mm-hmm. Wrong-y, like dying I don't know if to me, I don't know if I would like call it a bury your gaze. It would be, it would be for me. It'd be bury your gaze if she like died, mm-hmm. incidentally, like outside of like the main conflict, like in battle. Like I would, I would understand okay. that. Yeah. But a lot of the bury your gaze thing is like. I'm thinking a lot about like The Walking Dead who has a se- that show has a serious problem with killing all of their gay characters in in ways that are not relevant to the plot too. So it's yeah. like they create scenes just to get rid of them. And you
1: know what? That's kind of how like Lexa died too, but, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good so I point. don't know.
1: Good point. I, maybe I wouldn't call it Bury your gays, but I don't know. It's maybe just cuz like it. we get so we just get, you know, we get so little good representation, especially like I love science fiction and fantasy. Those are my genres. So, and most of the shows that I watch or movies that I watch um, that have gay characters in them, the few that do, are always like these, you know, takes place in the real world kind of thing. And there's not a lot of queer representation, uh, at least as far as I've seen in, you know, things like, you know, science fiction, fantasy shows, so, or other forms of media. So, I don't know, it's particularly hard for me to find good queer representation in these kinds of genres so it just makes it all the more worrisome for me when right (laughs) you know what
0: i mean and and when and you know i mean like obviously if you're listening to this i'm hoping you read this book but obviously she doesn't actually die no she doesn't and i'm glad because yeah she's okay but i'm glad because if she did like what does that what is what is that on theme you know if if kiyoshi loses all the people around her at the end of the book that is like completely going against what she's been trying to learn throughout the book, which is being able to rely on people and opening herself up to people's help. You know, so if they did decide to kill Rongi, it would be like a complete Contradiction. It'd be mm-hmm. really weird. Yeah. Um. That's why I I was kind of like I trust FCE a little bit more than oh, yeah. that. But so I just kept reading. So yeah,
1: no, because I maybe just because I don't know. Maybe I am paranoid. You're. From... I mean,
0: you're traumatized. We're all I, traumatized yeah. from. <laughs>
1: we're queer. We're traumatized. The
0: killer gays thing. Yeah. We're
1: here. We're queer. We're traumatized and full of fear. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, Yun tells her that this will always be how things play out if she tries to keep stopping him. Kiyoshi relents and apologizes to Yun for stealing the Avatar hood from him and for telling him to let go of his pain. Uh, Yun lets his guard down and comes her Kiyoshi, telling her to keep the apologies going. And she says again that she's sorry for telling him to live in pain because he won't have to. And Ooh. before he can do anything, Kiyoshi kills him, encasing his lungs and heart in ice. And Yun collapses. It happens very, very quickly. And for a moment, I was like, wait, what's happening? But it was, it was just such a, a such a way. I I wouldn't. I knew I had. I figured that Yun was gonna die by the end of the chapter, mm-hmm. but not quite like this. You know, it's a
1: horrible way to die, but it's the best she could do.
0: Yeah, and it's also like that thing of like her saying that she's been learning to like heal and Secret part of what's
1: gonna help us later.
0: <laughs> exactly what she learned from Atuat about like lowering the body's like temperature and sending like cold throughout the body, but she just did it you know, times a then. thousand. Mm-hmm. So in the final moments of this chapter, um, with the strength of the past avatars, Kiyoshi uses the power of the avatar state to summon healing water to her and heals Rangi. She would be her own miracle this time, the book says. And that is a, is a great, is a great quote. And even says like Kiyoshi almost laughs at like perhaps the most underwhelming use of the avatar state. But again, I love that, like they didn't win the fight because Kyushin went full on avatar state you know she she still uses the avatar state to kind of win in her own way by being able to rescue wrongy but i really like this because we don't usually uh um conflate the avatar state with like you know something as as calm as like healing somebody you know
1: it might not be that calm but you know something as like small smaller scale
0: Smaller scale, yeah, associated
1: with like fighting and destruction and stuff like that,
0: yeah, exactly. And plus, we
1: got our big dramatic avatar state scene in the last chat in the last book, so we got our fill of it. It was wonderful, we loved it, and now we get to see it used in a different way, which is super cool,
0: yeah. Um, so we cut to the infirmary as Rangi comes to, uh, the rest of them have they've all survived, uh, with Jimpa very high on a medicine to dull the pain. Um, it says at one point that he's singing tavern songs that he shouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Wang and Karima are are still, you know, they're still, obviously their legs are still broken. Um, and Atuat is on her way to come and heal them. Kiyoshi tells Rangi that she might get worse before she gets better, but that she will live. Rangi asks if it's over, and Kiyoshi says it's over before the both of them begin to cry mourning their friend together.
1: <sighs> so much.
0: i love how last week we were talking about how you tech you typically have the emotional brunt when it comes to the chapter recaps and i get to do that this week yeah it's your turn buddy (laughs) yeah all right well we got two more chapters to discuss but not before we take a break we will see you guys after that Hey everyone, Andre here. Before we get into the second half of the episode, we just wanted to remind everyone to check to make sure you are following the Avatar Hour podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if that platform has a rating system, please consider leaving us a review and some feedback. With subscribers and reviews, it allows us to reach future listeners and help the podcast grow in the long run. Thanks for listening and now back to the show.
1: And we're back with the final two chapters of The Shadow of Kiyoshi. Brings us to chapter 27, The Meeting. Kiyoshi buries Yan on a hill overlooking the village below. She engraves the headstone with her fan and includes his birth year, but doesn't leave the year he died because sometimes people use the avatar calendar to mark the year that their family members have passed. And she doesn't want to write her name on his headstone. So she leaves it blank and just puts his name and where he was from. Kiyoshi then turns to Rangi and asks her if she ever did the right thing with her avatar brain, you could say, so far. Bar. Rangi tells her that she doesn't know, but she does know that she'll be with her, and kisses her on the top of the head, and then limps down the hill. Uh, just, oh my god, sorry, I mean, we, we bounced out the, the fear of that last chapter, was the like, super <laughs> sweet with this, like, oh, I love it, yeah. sorry. I had to comment on it, it was important. Um... Now that she's alone, Kiyoshi then says goodbye to Yun. She, she tells the stone that, I wish it could have been you if it couldn't have been me, referring to being the avatar. She then finds a fox peeking out of a bush, which then approaches her. She offers her hand and pets it, but then suddenly bolts up, the trick tries to get her to follow it, which she does. She thinks she's going to go crazy talking to a fox, which I, I don't blame her at that point. <laughs> She then follows the fox to a spring and puts the pieces together that the fox was sent to get her to commune with Kurik. Well, she opens her eyes and she realizes that it's not Kurik in front of her, it's an airbender woman. She then freaks out, thinking that it's the ghost of her mother, which confuses the spirit who asks her who she thinks she is. Kyoshi then realizes that it's Avatar Yang Chen and starts sobbing, telling her that she looks like her mother. Mm. Yang Chen then hugs her. And apologizes for not being there for her before, and comforts her as she cries. So I don't know. This is just this display was just really touching to me. This, you know, the kindness that is being shown to her after all the crap she's just been through. Kiyoshi eventually cries herself out, and she tells Yang Chen that she has so many questions about being a proper avatar. Yang Chen then asks if Kirk wasn't able to help her, and Kiyoshi is. About to fall back on the habit of crapping on Kurok. Uh, but then she, since she's learned his full tragic backstory, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yang Chen then asks her, like, why do you think there's a lot of dark spirits during Kurok's time? And then she reveals that because during her time as the Avatar, she often prioritized humans over the spirits and some dealings with them. And then when she made promises with those spirits, humans did not uphold their end of the bargain, which then turned some spirits into the dark ones that Kurok had then had to hunt down. Uh, this is directly from the book. I gave each nation everything it wanted, but only realized my error too late. People shouldn't have everything they want. No one is entitled to their every desire. To live in balance, we must willingly decide not to take all that we can from the world and from others.
0: So, so what do we the- think about this revelation?
1: I'm not entirely surprised because I know that like, you know, not everything is what it seems like y'all kind of jokingly crapped on Kirk. And then we heard his tragic backstory and everyone's hears, Oh my God, Yang Chen made it, did everything right. She was perfect. Yeah. She was the best avatar, you know, but I was like, there's more to her story than what the reputation of the world what her reputation, of the world has given her, you know?
0: Exactly. And the fact that Kirk's accomplishments largely have gone unnoticed or just no one knows about them of, of course even kyoshi did tell, not because
1: he didn't tell anyone he didn't well. tell anybody
0: yeah but it's... i i i think we said a couple of chapters ago like we feel like like there's like you said nothing is quite as it seems we feel like because everyone kept saying like how wonderful Chen was we were both like there has to be something she did wrong you know but this is kind of like the the i think the mission statement of being an avatar where I mean, Yang Chen says there's no one right way to be a good avatar. Everyone has their own challenges. Everyone deals with them differently. And there's no, there, you just can't be a perfect avatar.
1: Which is why we can't pit people like Korra and Ang against each other.
0: <laughs> exactly. There's no, no, like, there's no reason to do that because it's pointless, you know. And it flies against the face of what Yun said about avatarhood being a curse because it's not a curse, but it is something that you have to come to terms with because when you're when you're someone that has the entire world looking at them and analyzing all their choices of course it can easily get to you you know as it has been with kiyoshi um and even though kiyoshi is like is still relatively young she's only 18 at this point um i'm glad that she's like starting to learn this lesson very early on and i think that's why she becomes a very revered avatar because she takes that into account and also kind of plays into what happens in the epilogue as well. But well, yeah,
1: I'm actually more curious about how the world thinks of Kiyoshi. Uh, at, you know, because because mo- most of the time we've only s- we've only seen like the perspectives of Kiyoshi Island <laughs> and the, the village that you know hated her for the whole thing with Shin the Conqueror. So I'm kind of curious what the rest of the world thinks. I'm going to guess she's probably pretty revered. I mean, I think that there was a reference to Kiyoshi in Cora uh, Alone. I think. Question mark, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm, I don't know. Uh but I don't know.
0: I, I I get the impression that yeah, she was revered in a way of like, you know, the badass Yoshi that <clears throat> the fandom who like hasn't yeah. read this book kind of think of her as. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think she's revered as like a great avatar or a bad avatar. She was just maybe a memorable avatar. <laughs> there you go. I don't I don't really know. I don't really know. But um yeah, I think that this kind of plays into how she Going forward, I don't think she really cares about how people see her anymore because she's learned the lesson that, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't she didn't know the whole story about Kurek. She didn't know the whole story about Yang Chen. So what's the point? Yeah. You know, so I, I, think, I, I think it's an interesting lesson for her to learn.
1: I think there's one thing we should take from this, like, especially with how she talks to Aang in book three of Last Airbender is that she just becomes a very decisive avatar that she commits yes. to what she needs to do. So I think it's yes. one biggest thing, needed, and that can be mis- easily misconstrued as heartlessness. So uh, let's keep. I'll keep rolling. This is another part of the uh, things that Yang Chen says to Kiyoshi that I really wanted to talk about. Um, so now that Kiyoshi has learned more about Yang Chen and her time as the Avatar, it's kind of flipped everything upside down for her, and it hasn't given this visit hasn't given her all the clarity that she really wanted from her. But Yang Chen does have one more piece of advice for her. She tells her, "There's a thousand generations of past lives in the Avatar cycle." You could spend a thousand years talking to us, and you still wouldn't know how to best guide the world. This is what you must forego, Kiyoshi. The easy answers. You must give up your desire for someone to tell you that your choices were correct in the end. And yep, that's, that's also a really big theme of this too. Because she met, like, literally before she even met with Yang Chen, she says to Rongi, "Like, did I do the right thing? You know, right. am I always she craves right validation?
0: Thing? Yeah. So
1: <laughs> I don't blame her. Hell, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um." Before Yang Chin leaves, she then tells Kiyoshi to make sure that she replaces the sacred air temple relic, the clay turtle she had broken, before the next air avatar arrives, and then she vanishes.
0: Yeah, I so. like that.
1: Uh, the fox then leads her back to the village, and that's the last we see of Kiyoshi in this book, because the epilogue does not have her in it at all, just very heavily mentioned. That brings us to the last chapter of The Shadow of Kiyoshi. Here we are, folks. Kiyoshi isn't even in this one. So, it ends with Zoryu. Zoryu has heard that Kiyoshi has taken care of Yun and his ruse, his lie still holds. Uh, not Yun is still in prison, but he's not in poor conditions. The Sewan clan has been put under house arrest. The Carmelia Peony yeah, Peony, fuck, I can't even pronounce words peony. right. Peony war, as this conflict is now being called, is technically over, but it's not really. Zoryu muses on the future of the Fire Nation. He dreams of one without the influence of the clans, all united under their loyalty to the Fire Lord, something that would take generations to complete. Hmm. hmm. Uh. <laughs> huh. Huh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think we all know what we're thinking in this moment, yeah. so I think we just leave it at that. But now he's got Kiyoshi to deal with, because since he can't kill all the one clan because Kiyoshi threatened him if he did... But he's in a bit of a pickle with their situation, and he's fully ready to go back on that promise to Kiyoshi, because in his eyes, the one clan's blood is a needed sacrifice to start the Fire Nation anew. But then a storm comes, bringing a long-awaited rain to the Fire Nation. And he is just super happy by this. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's great. Whatever. He doesn't even notice when an old man comes into his room. He's like, hey, you're Zoryu, right? And he's like, fuck, yes, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> He's and the old man introduces himself and it's Lauga, which we all predicted he'd show up at a kind of a not great timing, but here we are.
0: I don't. Know, I think this is pretty great timing. <laughs> I think
1: this is pretty great timing, though. No, I yeah. had to make a joke about the original prediction. Uh, he then says that he usually kills the leaders that he visits, but he's here to deliver a message from Kiyoshi. a warning that powerful people can still be reached and that he should not go back on his promise. And then Laoga's like, yeah, I'm just the messenger here. I totally agree. You should just totally wipe out this A1 clan. But, you know, I'm here for yeah. Kyoshi. This is not my mission here. Uh, Zoryu did stands up all pissed. But Laoga then just literally just pokes him in the chest and sends him flying back into his chair. He then tells him, this is directly from the book, my friend is not a diplomat. She is the failure of diplomacy. She is the breakdown of negotiations. There is no escalation of hostilities beyond her. Some people in my country like to believe that Avatar Yangchen watches over them. But you, Fire Lord, I can assure you that Avatar Kyoshi watches over you. Mm. Shit. <laughs> Zoryu yells that she can't watch him forever, and Laoga laughs, and that ends the book.
0: Wow. Like a nice nice little MCU in credits uh stinger. <laughs>
1: yeah. Honestly, that, that I didn't even realize it's the vibe that I was getting off of that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's it. That's literally how the book ends. Like That's just, the book. The Threat, though, was so good. There is She is the failure of diplomacy. She is the breakdown of negotiations. There is no escalation of hostilities beyond her. I can assure yeah. you that Avatar Kiyoshi watches over you. Love that. I had to read that again. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> oh my god we have so many thoughts on this but i wanted to give give a quick fun fact that i found on avatar wiki apparently fce had intended to put a scene that linked kiyoshi's dust stepping technique to suki's head first running technique from the boiling rock part two showing Mm. us that that skill was an evolution from the dust stepping that she did but the scene ended up getting cut so
0: i never even considered that was like an evolution of dust stepping too I'm sure I'm sure that like made its way into the like the history books of Kiyoshi. You know, I think she probably ended up popularizing uh, that technique. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So we will actually be releasing our final thoughts on the book on Patreon as an episode of our flagship benefit Avatar After Hour, uh, which you can watch by pledging at the air acolyte level at patreon.com slash the Avatar Hour podcast. However, if you are unable to pledge at the moment, you can look forward to that episode next Tuesday. Alright, so let's move on to Fandom Corner. Quick little uh short and easy one. Um, it says uh uh picture of Rongi who says Kiyoshi is adjusting great to the Fire Nation. We cut to Kiyoshi, who looks very tired, and says everyone here is obsessed with honor and wants to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which tracks from what we what we saw in the Fire Nation in this yeah. book. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, All yeah. right, so uh, recommendations, Kayla. What do you recommend this week?
1: So I recommend, but uh, it's kind of a two parter with it because it's called the same thing. It's what we do in the shadows. Uh, uh-huh. It's Taika Waititi, who is the director of Thor Ragnarok and just an all around just amazing human being. Uh, it's what he made, kind of what made him famous. Uh, basically, for those of you who haven't heard of the movie, it's about a bunch of vampires, a bunch of immortal vampires, basically just dealing with roommate shenanigans in Wellington, New Zealand. They literally are just like, it's just a vampire mockumentary and they're just going about their lives as just immortal vampires that have roommates wobbles like the rest of us. Um, And it's been made into a TV series on FX, which is also on Hulu and check it out. They're on season three right now. And like it's vampires in New York and Staten Island and just dealing with shenanigans. And it is funny. It is stupid. And it's like perfect. Mark Hamill's a guest star in it. I don't know if anyone cares about that, but it's a great episode when he shows up. Uh, it's just, it's just great, especially because you get to see like vampires go to a Super Bowl party in season two, and like they think it's a superb owl party.
0: <laughs> so, oh my god! They get,
1: they get so confused by what the fuck the Super Bowl is. It is, it is so funny. It is just a great show, very creative, and I'm excited to watch season three. I'm in, almost done season two, but if you you know get us into the mood for spooky season, watch a bunch of dumbass vampires just try to adapt to modern life it's wonderful
0: yeah i watched the first season i also recommend it it's very funny
1: have you seen the movie
0: no i have not you
1: should watch it it's on i believe it's on amazon uh last i checked but it's also very funny
0: awesome um my recommendation this week is a song i have been vibing to the song for like the past uh week or two it is in that <laughs> ghoul's gaze and days playlist it's called something spiritual by rita Baga. Um, who I believe was a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race uh, Canada. Yeah,
1: I was like, wait, um, is she, isn't she a drag queen?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, Rita Baga, Rita Baga, same thing. Um, R I T A B A G A, something spiritual. It's I don't know what it is about it. I'm like obsessed with the melody, and it's very. I, it's not meant to be like a spoopy song, but to me, it's it's very it's very spoopy. Which, it's the like the first song that made it into that playlist, so gotcha. I would definitely go and check it out.
1: And as always, if you'd like some extra Avatar Hour in your life, subscribe to our exclusive Patreon at patreon.com slash the Avatar Hour podcast for some amazing benefits, including access to our Google Docs, ad free Avatar Hour, and of course, our flagship benefit, the Avatar After Hour. And of course, you can follow us on social media on Twitter at Avatar Hour and at the Avatar Hour podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to submit stuff to Fandom Corner, you can DM us on those pages.
0: Awesome. And if you want your voice to make a special appearance on the show, feel free to record your theories or any feedback about the show on the VoiceMemo app on your phone and email them to the Podcast at gmail.com and we will play them live on the show. And that's
1: it. That wraps up the Shadow of Kyoshi. Uh we All have right. um bigger, we have we'll be discussing more of our thoughts in the next, technically next episode and avatar our after hour for our Patreon, patron, patrons. Patreons.
0: Patrons.
1: <laughs> <Patreons. laughs> we're gonna have like, a million different answer to our patrons. Uh so patrons, you'll get our you'll get the first listen, first look at our thoughts from Shadow of Kyoshi. And uh the, the rest of you who aren't Patreon subscribers, we're gonna have a million different pronunciations of this damn word. Uh the rest of our listeners, you'll get it next week.
0: So awesome. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Until then, my name is Andre. And I'm Kayla. Bye, Bye, everyone.